ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Member FDIC. It is Friday, August 6th. It's my birthday. Glad to be with you here, here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Our phone lines this hour brought to you by White Claw at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. White Claw Heart Shelter, it is made pure. Uh, still to come on the program this hour, going to hear from Matt Perry. We'll talk a little Spring Valley High School with him. Uh, we'll hear from Tim Cramsey. Timothy, as he was announced yesterday at the presser. We'll hear his thoughts on the football team. But uh, starting out first because, well, he's a heck of a guy to have as your leadoff hitter. The Marshall women's soccer program is getting ready for exhibition play. And to tell us more about how things have been progressing, the head coach of the Marshall women's team, Michael Swan, with us on the program. Coach, uh, good catching up with you again. We finally get some games to talk about real soon. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, have you we're, we're the first um, first program back on campus. We're, we're the first program to get on the field, and we we can't wait to do that next week. How are things looking so far at this point? Does it feel like you're finally in a normal rhythm? Yeah, does this feel like your first year all over again? <laughs> I feel like this is my first year. Um, you know, last year was just a big. Um, a big blip in the world, and it just didn't seem normal last spring. Um, it was very, very different than what we're traditionally used to. So, you know, the day one for us when all the players come in and they're excited and they're enthusiastic and we've got media day and compliance, um, it felt really normal um, to, to have that day and um, to get back on the field and start working with them Um in an environment where you don't, you still have to take precaution, but you can you can kind of take off the gloves and go for it a little bit, um, and that's what we've been doing these last few days. Also, does it feel like now that you've had a year to deal with it, uh, sort of a dress rehearsal maybe, you feel like you know more what you need to do with maybe the resurgence of the Delta variant still lingering and uh, you keep that in the back of your mind as you try to progress and, and get back to as much of a normal state of being as possible. You feel like you got a better handle on it now and you can, you can get through it this season. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've got an amazing administration um, that have worked through this, this pandemic the whole time. So the preparation that they put in and the precautions that they've put in over the last, you know, over over well twelve months plus, uh, to get to where we are today to understand what's going on with the, the Delta variant. Um, I was just there this afternoon asking questions about what what if you know what are the what ifs if this happens, and we've been reassured that everything's in play to to keep us all safe, um, to keep us taking the precautions that we need um, when we need to take them. Um, you know, so. We couldn't we couldn't thank Marshall University enough for all the support and what they've done for the student athletes and coaches and, and staff members. So we feel extremely prepared if if something comes our way that we've got the right support, the right doctors, and the right team in place to to keep us moving in the right direction um, versus what it might have been about you know eight to ten months ago, which was a lot different. Michael Swans with me, the head coach of the Marshall women's soccer team, coming up on Tuesday, August tenth. 
Uh, you're going to be at JMU now. You're getting set for the season, so this is going to be maybe your first opportunity to throw some live fire at your team. I know, of course, with camp and practice and everything else going on, you've been doing a lot of that now, but I'm sure it's going to be nice to finally just see someone different as you put your team out there and and see what you've got. Yep, it's going to be the first opportunity for us to get on the field as a team. Um, I think what the way we're going to plan this, it's it's more of a, a training environment that we're going to have. You know, the game is the best training environment that we could ask for. Um, and this preseason game against the good team in JMU is perfect for our preparation. Um, so we get to partner up players that we that we haven't seen, um, partner up together. We, we can look at different formations. Um, we're trying to integrate 13 new players with, with our returning group. Um, which will be take a lot of time, so we don't expect us to get it right the first time, um, the first half of the game or the second half of the game. I think it's we've got some exciting players here, and we've got ex- some exciting players that have just joined us. So, trying to find the right combinations in the right moments are what it's going to be about on Tuesday afternoon. Is it too soon for you to maybe give us an idea what you think your team's going to look like and, and where you're going to really? see some exciting play from? I mean, is this still just trying to coalesce, find the right position for the right player? Or, I mean, is there someone on this team that's already, you're like, yeah, I can't wait to see her in, in real action? Yeah, I think, we're, I mean, we've got some great returners coming in. We've got, you know, obviously, Abby Hugh, freshman of the year, Conference USA, Morgan White, who's an extremely dynamic player. We've got Kat Gonzalez, who's just been capped by the Dominican Republic. Um, then we've got Tesha Schreer, who's, who's one of our more dominating defenders. Um, and to put the new players around these types of players, as well as our other returners, they're only going to get better or they're only going to shine. So we know we've got some great um, talent with us or had with us over the last 12 months. And to add the newcomers to that is only going to bring out the best in I would say that the majority of our squad um, are going to just, you know, shine with 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 the additions that we've got. So, you know, you can expect us to be um, pretty good going forward. Um, some of the additions are going to help Morgan, help Abby, help Kat, and um, the other additions are going to help strengthen us all over the field behind them. So, it'll allow them to have more freedom. Um, it'll allow us, allow us to have a lot more cover, um, and we really can't wait to just get on the field and see what we're capable of doing. Was it a challenge for you if it impacted everyone? So you were not by yourself in the challenge, but what kind of difficulties or challenges did you have as you were trying to go out, sell Marshall, sell the program, share your vision for what Marshall women's soccer can be in the middle of a pandemic? Yeah, it was a, it was a, it, it had been a challenge, you know, just coming in as a new coach, even prior to the pandemic, where we had our recruiting plan and play, and we couldn't wait to get out and see um, players playing, and we lost that opportunity. Um, we really lost that opportunity prior to COVID because the recruiting cycle had um, kind of came to the end um, when I when I came to Marshall in January 2020. So we lost a lot of that. But what we gained was we gained a lot of time, a lot of air time with with all the players that I that have joined us this August, 
and their families via Zoom. So we were able to spend a lot more time with them on the phone. Um, we probably spent a lot more time with all their coaches and the, the high school coaches and the club coaches who were extremely important in this process and you know, really did our homework on not just their uh, soccer ability, but their, but their personalities and, and, and what their beliefs are. Um, so the challenges were there for sure. Um, it's always great to go out and see a player play in person. But when we watched them come in here August the 2nd, and you know we're all dying to get on the field August 3rd, um, so the second that they did that and got on the field, I think myself, Erica, Austin, Sam Black, who's our strength coach, all looked at each other and we all had a big grin on our face because we we were delighted with what we were seeing out of the, the new players coming in and then their personalities were just shining um, outside of that as well. So the challenges were absolutely there. But August 3rd, when they stepped foot on the field, there was a lot of smiles and a lot of excitement coming from both ends, players and coaching staff. Michael Swan, my guest, the head coach of the Marshall women's soccer team. I'm always curious, during an Olympic year, I don't know if there's a bump you get leading up to the Olympic year, after the Olympics are over. Is it similar with the World Cup? Does that help you in recruiting, attracting more young ladies to the sport? What kind of push or what kind of benefits do you get from something like that? Well, what we get is we get a lot of our, our players and a lot of our recruits and, and soccer in our community watching soccer um, on live TV. And obviously our U.S. women's team are, have had a good a good Olympics, um, not, not the greatest Olympics. Obviously, we always want to win the gold, but um, I'm sure they've all been watching. Um, I'm sure they've all been keeping a keeping an eye on things with, with what's going on in the Olympics and then with the World Cups coming up. Um, we couldn't ask for a better situation to just line us up outside of, you know, coming out of the, the tricky air that we've had. So, um, you know, we could see it um, throughout the summer. We had the European Championships on the with the with the men's um, game. Um, but now that we've had the Olympics and, you know, we had Canada just win a gold medal at the Olympics, it's just going to drum up so much more excitement um, amongst the, the young players or the young, younger generation of players and, women's soccer. Michael Swan joining me, the head coach of the Marshall women's soccer team. And I know your goal, just like the men, to win a national championship. When you see what they're able to do and you have the same tools and facilities and everything that goes along with it, uh, I'm sure you've got to lighten up a little bit knowing that now that herd fans have got a taste of a national championship in men's soccer are you feeling the love? I mean, are people looking and saying, hey, you know, we've got the women's soccer team too. Let's get them. Let's help them do everything they can to get to that level as well. Since it was so infectious, the way the, the national championship brought together probably a lot of people who maybe didn't give soccer a chance early in their life. Yeah, I mean, the success of, of Coach Grosky and his program is is outstanding. It's been an amazing Thing to see from the inside. Um, I get to work with the guys all the time, but you know, if you ask Coach Grassi and if you ask any of the the student athletes that that are in the men's program and any student athletes who's who's at Marshall um, and in the women's program, they're gonna they're gonna cite the community um, and they're gonna cite the the support that we have from our community and our our people. Um, you know, the likes of yourself and others all around the state um, are just 
it, it's been phenomenal to see. So, you know, we, we know that the, the men's programme's been successful in that fact, but are we seeing the love? We see it every single day from, from our community when we're out in the community. We had a, a great event up at um, Huntington High School this past week. We had a lot of the um, youth soccer players out there doing a little camp and we took the team up there and um, we, we went across to Barbersville uh, yesterday and we had a lot of, a lot of people just welcoming welcoming the program into the community and um you know it's it's everywhere it's infectious so we fully know that whatever we do or where we go with it whether it's in the state of west virginia or outside of it we're going to have the the herd the herd are going to be following us so um the love is certainly there we've we've got the best fans in in college sports i think are the most loyalist fans in college sports and um we can't we can't wait to get on the field and show them what we're capable of doing, just like just like Coach Grassy and his crew. Looking at the schedule, it doesn't seem there's an easy match on the schedule. And when you get into Conference USA, Conference USA gets a lot of attention on the men's side. But on the women's side, there's some really good programs here. And you point out a couple, just to illustrate a point, Rice right now ranked 22nd in the first preseason poll. I know... Uh, North Texas uh, receiving some votes as well. How does this league shape up nationally, and what kind of challenge is that going to be? And really, what kind of advantages is that going to give you as well as uh, you progress forward in a league like Conference USA? Yeah, we're, our conference is very strong. Um, it, it's it's been very strong for many many years. Um, the challenge that Conference USA has on a national um, Bill, as far as women's soccer goes, there's there's five power five conferences that kind of grab the attention of of the voters. Um, so even though we're getting Rice in there at 22 and we're getting uh, North Texas receiving votes, I can tell you right now there's probably four or five other teams from last year or years before that that could be in the top 50 or the top 35. So um, it it's it's a shame that it happens that way and, and, and you don't get the respect of maybe some of the national voters in that sense, but, you know, your Florida Atlantics, your Charlottes, um, you know, your North Texas, your your Rice um, have been programs that have been really banging on the door to break into that top 35 um, consistently over the over the past few years. Um, and, and right behind them, there's probably a, a group of five that, can, that could beat any of those teams as well. So, our conference is getting stronger. It's getting more visible on the on the national stage. With with Rice going to the Sweet 16 this year, it's going to really help us um, to just get some people to turn their head a little bit. And so when we play opposition who are who are in those Power Five schools, and as you can see, we're playing Kentucky this year, we expect to go there and do well. Um, we don't expect to go there and, and keel over. Um, so you'll see a lot of our programs in our conference that are going to go and push themselves to to beat the best, and and that's what we've got to do, and and that's what we talk about in our conference calls as 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 we go through things. As a um, as as someone who's a little older, turning fifty today, I remember a, a program like VMI from the days Marshall was in the Southern Conference. So when I see VMI on the schedule, I'm excited. I, I don't know. Right. where they stack up compared to the rest of the schedule. But when I see them on the schedule, I flash back to those days, and I'm excited. Um, looking at some of these matches non-conference, um, 
which teams stand out the most. Uh, VMI, you know, that at least for older fans, uh, definitely might pique some people's interest. Yeah, yeah, you bring the, you know, I think it's a return game that that they had from a few years back. We lost it a year ago with with COVID, so we snipped them back on there um, for this year. Um, but you know, you're playing your your high universities, your Youngstowns, your Akrons, who are who are in the MAC, or you know, not too far from us. So they're, they're kind of like recruiting derbies for us, where we get a couple of big wins there in Wright State as well. Uh, we get a couple of big wins there. We, we might win a few more recruiting battles up in Ohio. Um, you know, so we're looking forward to those games. Um, the Kentucky game is a game that, you know, we got on the schedule and we, we can't wait to get across to Lexington. We know we're going to have a big crowd coming with us. Um, we've got a great following in, in Lexington with the big green, so hopefully they can follow us. And then I think one of the one of the ones on there, Moorhead State being a, a little bit of a rival game, being one of the closest universities to this, to us, um, we've put together a non-conference schedule that, you know, we're trying to get ourselves on the map recruiting. And, you know, if we win those games, we're, we're making some big headway in our region to get some of the top recruits. So, you know, that's the goal with how we've put it together. Um, and then obviously conference play, every single game is a tough match. It's, you know, the the one-goal games are, are going to kind of determine what conference play is going to look like. It always has and it always will be that way. So a very competitive schedule with, with some great games coming in. Um, obviously, Paul, you're looking at the VMI game, which is our last bit of preparation before we play Western Kentucky. So that's probably the most important one, I would say, um, leading into conference play. I'm circling in them all. I'm not going to play favorites, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, because I want you to do well on September 12th and I want you to do even better on September 16th. Uh, just because it's Western yeah. Kentucky. I mean, if, of all these schools, I, I'm i sure you have equal reason why they're important in conference play and uh, rivalry aspects, but September 16th, I'm, I'm just circling that one, highlighting that one a little bit more, just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we went down there last year, and this is my story of the Western Kentucky. Last, last spring we went down there. Um, we knew they were a good team. You know, they've been banging on the door to be one of the top teams um, in the conference for a while, and and we had them in a great, we had them in the position to either take the lead or um, you know hang on and get something out of the game, and you know we had a, a decision that didn't go our way, um, and, and we rude that up, you know that we rude that bad luck, and I think if we uh, if if we look back on that, we probably know to ourselves as a team that that's a game that we probably played our best soccer and that's a game that I think we we came away with more disappointed than any because we we did enough to win the game it was just a little bit of bad luck in a in a in a decision that didn't go our way in in the attacking third of the field that that cost us that night Michael Swan's been my guest the head coach of the Marshall women's soccer team good luck on the road exhibition getting ready for the regular season uh, can't wait to get you back here soon and uh and we got a home game to talk about here in a couple of weeks on August 19th, uh, the opener at home. So um, can't wait to get you to this point. Absolutely. Can't wait to be be running out at 7 o'clock with the, the thundering herd and all the, all the stands being full and just, just getting our season kicked off as well as Marshall University's athletic year. Coach, good luck on the road. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. 
Michael Swan, head coach of the Marshall women's soccer team. When we continue, Matt Perry joins me, voice of the Spring Valley Timberwolves. We're getting set for high school football as well, and Matt will give us an idea of what we can expect from the Spring Valley Timberwolves when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, the local bank that's here for every step of your life's journey. Member FDIC. We're staying in the realm of football. This time we move from the soccer pitch to the gridiron. High school football camps beginning across the tri-state, getting ready for the upcoming season. One of the teams that should be a contender once again for a state title in the state of West Virginia, the Spring Valley Timberwolves. And to get us started on what we can expect from the Timberwolves 2021 edition, Matt Perry joins me, the voice of the Spring Valley Timberwolves. You got to have a title to come on the show, Matt. It's um, I love that title. Yeah, That's one we, I will wear with pride. It's better yeah. than what many people call me. Yeah, you just don't have. Yeah, you have to have a title. If you come on the show, I either give you a title or I use your proper title. So, you know, don't you know? Don't worry. I, you you will be properly titled at all times here. Like um, that's perfect with me. That's a badge of honor. I'd love being the the voice of my alma mater. Right. Sure. Like like for example, like yeah. You know, sometimes um, Spring Valley sideline reporter Bill Cornwell uh, will be on here as, um, you know, Kendrick communications news director or something like that. I will, um, the voice of Jones C. Edwards stadium. Ooh, that's a better title for him. The voice of Jones C. Edwards stadium. And, um, yeah, that's all you need to go with. That's a good one. And, and, and next week, uh, Luke Creasy, uh, filling in for me. Um, I've already, yeah, yes. HD medias, Luke Creasy. So yeah, you, you <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So Matt Perry, voice of the Spring Valley Timberwolves, uh, among his other titles. Uh, it's uh, getting closer to that time once again where uh, Friday nights belong to high school football and high school football fans. Spring Valley Timberwolves, you know, let's start with quarterback controversy. Do we have quarterback controversy? Not necessarily a controversy. They're just trying to replace a graduating senior from last year, and uh, it seems that uh, in the early part of camp over the last week um, that uh, Dalton Fouch has really uh, taken the steps forward in seven-on-seven drills and at at practice that it looks like Fouch is being lined up to be the heir apparent and will most likely be the starting quarterback week one at the Wolves' den. That's a tall order. Week one, that's a a tall order. It's a very tall order. He has never started a game at Spring Valley. He has never started a game. Uh, he hasn't started a game since his eighth grade year at Sweden Canova Middle School. So it is going to be a tall order for Dalton. But there's one thing that um, that the coaching staff at Spring Valley does quite well. It's getting those underclassmen ready, um, getting them up to speed and getting them ready for the big fight. Usually, um, this is kind of a different season. Um, usually, I don't want to say, you know, start off easy, but you don't start off with your rivals usually. But Spring Valley and Midland week one, uh, Fouts is getting thrown into the frying pan. I mean, it's right off the bat. Well, if you're if you're going to throw a kid into the fire, you might as well start off with probably the hottest fire you can possibly find. And that game is always an important game. 
those two communities uh, love to get after each other. I would have mm-hmm. thought Huntington and Cabell Midland might have been bigger rivals or Huntington Spring Valley potentially bigger rivals. No, no. The the Highlanders almost like the Bengals in between the Browns and the Steelers here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's no surprise and it's no secret that the two communities love to play each other in every sport. It starts when you're in Little League, if you're playing Barbersville or you're playing Ona Milton, and it, it means a little bit more to those PK and Benson and Buffalo kids. It's just the way that it, it's always been, and so it's a natural progression with uh, the two large high schools in the area that they're going to butt heads, and you know, and that's what we love about it. Uh, I think I could speak for anybody that's involved in the rivalry from the outside looking in, you know, just broadcasting it, but Spring Valley and Midland games are always just simply fun to watch. Matt Perry joins me, the voice of the Timberwolves. We'll have those broadcasts coming up here across uh, various Kindred Communications properties. It means digital as well, Matt. So uh, various Kindred Communication properties, of course, uh, you'll have the radio side for us as well. And you've got a big matchup coming up here with Midland. You've got a quarterback that you're throwing into the fire. But without protection, without a line, it doesn't matter if – You've got a quarterback that is Tom Brady or Andy Dalton. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was trying to come up with some some other quarterbacks. Andy was the only one I could grasp. Um, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I, you know, John Kitna, maybe I don't know. It doesn't matter your quarterback level here. Uh, the line's not there. Uh, you could be Joe Burrow and still having surgery at the end of the season, your season. So, exactly. um, what do you what do you see here uh, surrounding? quarterback position uh will we see a tough line once again are there questions there what can we expect there's always questions there's always going to be questions in high school sports with the you know the inevitable graduation there's one thing that i can say with certainty is that spring valley makes linemen it's just that simple you're not going to automatically replace wyatt milam who went to wvu and uh biggs who left this year uh this year as well you're not going to automatically replace those Division One talents, but they have a lot of young guys that have played uh, had played meaningful snaps before, led by senior Evan Ferguson. He is a legacy player. His uh, dad was an All-American at Marshall, Aaron Ferguson. Um, he was on the '96 uh, national championship team, and Evan is getting looks from Division One programs before his senior year even starts, and so he is he is that next heir apparent on the offensive line for the Timberwolves. It's just one thing that the Timberwolves do better than anybody in the area, and they will have a, they will have a beast of a line, and you can just write it down. It, it's just what, it's how they are built. Because Fouch is not going to go out there and reinvent the wheel. Coach Dingus is not going to throw the ball 15 to 20 times. He might not throw the ball more than a half dozen. That is not how Spring Valley wins ballgames. Spring Valley wins ballgames by con- uh, controlling the game in the trenches and punching you in the mouth. And it is a recipe that has been successful under the entire uh, time that Coach Dingus has been the head coach at Spring Valley. And uh, arguably last year was his best team. Uh, you know, COVID kind of ruined everything, but he took a team to Martinsburg and played the Giants, and he did it with, with smash-mouth football. And so – it's, it's a proven way that Spring Valley, they win ball games. It's just that simple. 
Hey, you mentioned Martinsburg. I'm just going to go ahead and take us there now. Martinsburg on the schedule. Martinsburg. Coming. Martinsburg at home. Coming here. Coming to the greater Huntington tri-state area. Martinsburg. That was a huge get for athletic director Tim George. I I, I was in contact with, you know, we were all in contact during the COVID year last year. But when the Martinsburg thing popped up out of nowhere, I don't remember exactly. I think we had about five days notice when that game was made, which was actually pretty good notice with how crazy last year was. I said, dude, how did you land that? And he said, well, we just offered to go up there because next year they're returning the favor. And I was shocked. I was shocked that Martinsburg would be willing to drive, uh, you know, all the way to the western part of the state. And they're the big boys. Usually they make people come to them. And so not only did Spring Valley end the street, but they got a return game uh, for it. And so it was just – it was a great job scheduling by athletic director Tim George. Um, while I have an opportunity, let's look at this entire schedule because this is – I talked to Coach Dingus. This is arguably the best slash toughest schedule that Spring Valley has ever put together. The only bright side is they have six home games. But it is a gauntlet. Week one, your rival, Cabell Midland. The week after, travel to Parkersburg. Riverside at home. Here's your letdown a little bit. You get to go to St. Albans. St. Albans has been down for many years. Hopefully that's a recovery-type game. Then you come home against uh, projected number two uh, team in the MSAC, the South Charleston Black Eagles. You go to Huntington. And then the end is crazy. Fairmont at home. At Capitol. Martinsburg home. Hurricane home. There is, other than St. Albans, I don't see a let-up, Paul. I mean, if you, you wanted to, you could just maybe jettison someone and put Ironton on the schedule if you just want to go ahead and and, 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 and grind it out completely here. I mean, yeah, just put get them on the schedule, too. I mean, don't let up. They're too busy with Moeller, which also shocked me. Football is good around here. I don't care who you are. High school football is good around here this these last few years, and we're we're all benefiting from it. We are benefiting from it. I have been blessed to be in the booth uh, on and off for the past six or seven years. And I have seen the sport, uh, not only Spring Valley, but I have seen the programs around here grow. And it's so cool to see, like, you know, I could talk about kids getting offers to Division One schools now. You know, it, that, it didn't used to be that way. When I was graduating for Spring Valley, I wasn't a football player, but, you know, the kids I went to school with, they were lucky if they walked on at Marshall. And now you've got kids being highly touted recruits to ACC, Big 12 schools. And, you know, got a couple of kids at Marshall even. It's really cool to see in this entire area how the sport has grown. Joining me on the program, he calls Spring Valley High School football for us here at Kindred Communications. He is Matt Perry. And uh, you want to hear something funny? Um, you'll, you'll appreciate this. Um, we talked about Martinsburg. They're coming down, right? Yeah. Um, there's another, there's a Paul Swan connection here. Okay. The Martinsburg Spring Valley game. There are always Paul Swan connections. I can find them, and so <laughs> Spring Valley. I guess you, Bill Cornwell, and the cast of characters that surround that program. You know, several connections to me and and that program. Um, yeah, I, I basically invented Bill Cornwell. So there's that. It's true. I invented him. I needed him. I'm not questioning it. I'm not questioning it. And then on the other side, the Martinsburg broadcast, former intern of mine, former intern of mine. No way. 
Spencer Dupuis is calling Martinsburg now. You got a job up at the flagship station of the uh, of, of oh. Martinsburg High School. Um, he's coming down to call the game. Wow. Yeah, so it's you got to be nice. I, I'm sorry. You have to be nice to the radio crew from Martinsburg. Well, I am always polite to the radio crew. I know um, you are, but I'm just saying, this. Yeah, yeah. you have to be. You, know, you just have to be. Unfortunately, you know, um, Spring Valley doesn't quite have the spreads that I've seen at other places. So as long as they're happy with a Subway and a bag of chips, we're good. Uh, but other than that, I can't really help you out much there, Spencer. Look, man, he's still my intern. I don't care if he's graduated and he's already working in professional radio. He's still he's still intern Dupuis to me, okay? Yeah. He, he should take his six-inch turkey and be happy with it. He should take his, his turkey sandwich be happy with it. And <laughs> you know what? You know how you're legendary for bringing me caffeinated beverages? That's right, son. Yeah, he follows in your footsteps, so I'm expecting a lot of zero-sugar beverages coming my way here during that week. Oh, man. Well, I'll just let him, the week that Martinsburg's in town, I'll just take that week off and he can come pay his respects, pay his homage to Paul with his, uh, you know, zero calorie Mountain Dew or whatever. Hey, have you tried that yet, by the way? The Mountain Dew Zero Sugar? Have you tried that? I have not. You know what? It's good enough to replace the Dew for me. Well, that's shocking. It's good enough. And, and let me tell you. The Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar, it's even, even, even oh, it's almost as good as Dr. Pepper. So uh, the Zero Sugar that is... That one I have had, and I am a fan of that. I've had that one. Yeah, so uh, Mountain Dew Zero Sugar is... Because uh, we have to go over all the new beverages, but yeah, you don't remember this. Remember when, uh, what was it, Coke came out with Vanilla Orange? Yes. Um, it was almost like I was the uh, black market for that beverage because people <laughs> would... I'm serious. People would call me, message me, that I knew off air, hey, um, where'd you get that Coke vanilla orange at, Paul? Where'd you get yeah. that at? I'm serious. I'm like, I feel like I was a supplier. Like, yeah, yeah, okay. What Come you meet me in the alley behind the stage. Yeah, meet the meet me over here at Kendrick Communications. <laughs> I got a 12-pack for you. It's it was it was insane, Matt. It really was. But um, it's been fun doing this again. Uh, hey, thanks for doing this on this day of all days. This day. You, you, hey, know, you know what this I, day is, right? Right, right. I don't. It's oh, your man. birthday right now, isn't it? Yeah, man. I mean, I thought you forget. Yeah, and I had my birthday a couple of days ago. I, I know. This is the first time to do it. Yeah, so I mean, you gave up your special day to do it on my special day. That's right. Wow. So happy birthday! I hope, I hope everything goes well, and I cannot wait to talk with you every Friday. I've been missing it. I am pumped uh, fingers crossed for a regular football season where we can bring the tri-state uh huntington high cabin midland spring valley uh, i'm sure i'm missing one and i apologize but you listen to the big three uh 92.7 the planet for spring valley games it's just going to be awesome on kindred communications i'm pumped looking forward to it hey i'll catch up with you soon um next week uh make sure to harass luke creasy give him a little love harass him a little bit when he fills in i'll just call in and be like this is bill from hurricane Works. Just riding the whole time. There you go. Yeah. It works. Uh, I'll let him know. Well, actually, I won't. I'm just going to sit back and, and laugh when it happens. <laughs> Have a good one. Thanks, sir. Matt Perry joining me. Appreciate him joining us and give us a little insight on what's happening with Spring Valley when we continue. Uh, we will hear from Timothy Cramsey. Timothy. That's how he was presented to the media. We'll get a, kind of an insight on what's happening with the offense So when we continue. The Thundering Herd and Timothy Cramsey here on ESPN 94.1.
and AM 930. Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. It's your Friday, August 6th edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Camp beginning for the Marshall Thundering Herd as Marshall getting set for Navy coming up. We're, what, less than a month away now? Right there at a month before football begins for real. They keep score. And yesterday I had a chance to catch up with a couple of the coaches, uh, including Charles Huff and Tim Cramsey and... Just one of the things when talking to Cramsey was kind of get a feel for where he has seen the improvement. There's been a lot going on with this team. And I just kind of wanted to know from him where he's seen the improvement. And he said it starts basically with the weight room. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to say the greatest improvement is what they've done in the weight room from the time they met. And that's what the offseason is for. That's what the summer is for. You know, spring ball was good. As soon as spring ball ended, they got to work. Um, they went to work through the summer, and you can see the differences in their body. Coach talking about Sheldon, that goes to the whole team. Uh, you know, Grant's a little lighter, but he's stronger um, all the way through. The old line, a little lighter at times, but they're stronger. And, and to me, that's been the biggest difference for him um, with, uh, with the summer program that he spent with BA so far, and expect to see that on the field. Uh, they love BA. They love BA over at the Thundering Herd football offices. And you talk about BA, he's a guy that he spent a lot of time with these players. He has probably been the singular focus for most of these players during these months. And according to Coach Cramsey, he's the guy getting everyone to buy in. He can even make a lot of us want to go out there and start doing some calisthenics for him. Um, you know, you, you can't put a number on that or, or anything. I mean, he, he's done an outstanding job of getting these guys to buy in. You know, Coach Huff said, you, you come in as new, young guys don't really know, not sure if they want to buy in, want to adjust. It didn't take long to buy into that guy. I mean, you guys met him. He said hello to you guys, and you guys are ready to start doing doing jumping jacks and push-ups with him. So to me, that's one, um, you know, a, a big change from day one, which, which you asked that question, day one to where they are right now. If B.A. tells them to go down and run up and down the stadium steps 100 times, they know that's going to make them better. If he tells them to put a 45-pound weight on their back while doing it, they're going to do it because they know they've seen the results. Um, and now, you know, we as coaches got to get those results on the field on a daily basis to get that. But B.A. has done an amazing job. And, you know, with the NCAA rules, the strength coach is a guy that spends more time with him than any of us, you know. So to have a guy like that in that room to, to um, have them buy in and get them to where they are right now um, is, a, is a big deal for the program. So you got someone who's with them, getting them to buy in. You heard Coach talk yesterday. A lot of the guys are looking and going, oh, man, I look better. I feel better. Players are coming in with a lot more confidence, including quarterback Grant Wells. And Coach Cramsey talked about the confidence that Wells is coming in with. Um, yeah, well, you know, that comes with, uh, with another year older. I would say the best thing about freshmen is they become sophomores one day. Um, and that's a, that's a confidence that he has. And last year, last year he, you know, and that was a philosophy we went into, we take care of yourself. You know what I mean? As a first-year player, as a first-year starter, take care of yourself, be a little bit of a leader, lead by example. And now that, that has been changed on, on the uh, expectations Coach Huff and myself have put him in to, yes, obviously take care of yourself, but now you got to pull the guys around you. 
Coach Hufka, you know, talk about everyone around him getting better. It's also part of his responsibility to make those guys better, and that's what, you know, the next step quarterback does. Um, so he has a, you know, confidence level of it, it's no longer a first-time thing for him. You know, it's, he's been there. He's seen it. He's done it. He's been through the ups. He's been through the downs. He's been through the good. He's been through the bad. He's been through an offseason. He knows these guys inside out, and he has a confidence in himself. You know, Grant's not much of a talker, as we all know, but my point with guys who aren't big talkers, when you do grab a kid on a team and, and talk sternly to him, it means a whole heck of a lot than that guy who's hooting and hollering all day long, you know? So, you know, that's the type of leader that he has become as a guy that he, he believes in himself, number one, and he'll make the guys around him better as he moves forward. Can you imagine Grant grabbing someone and saying, look, get it done? I want to see that Grant Wells because if – He's turning into the leader that we think he can be. I'm optimistic and excited for what's going to happen with this team. And speaking of the quarterback situation, you always are optimistic that you've got a starter that can take you all the way. But sometimes you just want to make sure you got someone in the backup position and you got as a band. You always have to have as a band on your team. It feels like it just feels right. And Coach Cramsey talked about the backup situation. Um, yeah, Luke Saban, who, uh, who, who's been in the program a long time, um, knows the offense as good, almost, you know, same level as Grant. Um, and Cam Fancher came in as a freshman last year who had a really good summer. He was able to pick things up and has a skill set. And, you know, it, it's always good when we as coaches can't be with him, but all of a sudden you're walking by the receiver and, hey, that, that new guy's pretty good, you know? And to me, that, that's important in that room because at no point can we let anyone feel comfortable. Um, and that's what Luke's job is to push Grant to that point. That's what Cam's job is to push Luke to that point. Um, and, and the competitiveness within the room makes us a better team. You know, when you get comfortable, and that's when it's, it's a bad deal. So we, you know, never allow them to get comfortable, number one. And that, that uh, competitiveness in every room that we have and moving guys up and down and letting guys in with the ones and twos and whatnot um, keeps people on edge and makes them uh, compete harder. Marshall assistant coach Tim Cramsey will wrap it up when we continue here on ESPN 94.1 in AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Well, it's time to end the show. Thanks for being with me here on this very special day. No, I'm excited. Thanks. Uh, I'm glad I could come in today and do the show share uh, my 50th birthday with you uh, sometimes uh, the date just doesn't fall on the right day of the week so I can do that so glad we can do that together uh, I appreciate everyone who has uh, wished me a happy birthday reached out to me I appreciate you for listening to the program every day and uh, I can't wait here in a week to be back with you Luke Creasy is going to be filling in for me next week I'm excited for that Luke is uh, going to do a fantastic job as he always does other than that, I hope you have a great week. I might see you at Fan Day tomorrow for the Marshall Thundering Herd. If not, I will talk to you in about a week. Looking forward to it as we get closer to the start of football season. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. WRBC Huntington, W231BS Huntington, broadcasting from the Oscars Breakfast Burgers and Brew Studios. This is ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.